Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Farmerty. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing those stories of men and women, servant leaders, those folks out there in the marketplace, in the community that are making a difference, serving others. I have a fantastic servant leader on Zoom with me. I'm going to say in studio, but on Zoom with me today, folks. And this person is a uh, is, is a repeat guest and has become a personal friend of mine and, and a mentor and is just a, uh, a wise sage with some fantastic ideas on leadership as well as capitalism. Um, we're going to be talking about a few different things and take this conversation in different directions, but I've got a, uh, a fantastic leader, husband, dad, uh, businessman, philanthropist, and a personal friend of mine, Jeff Blanton. Jeff, welcome to the show, sir. Great to be here, James. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We got, we got a lot to catch up on. You know, a lot of the audience in the network is going to be familiar with you and they've heard you on past episodes, but maybe you can just give us, you know, quick background, quick update on, uh, you know, what we uh, what we ought to know about JB. <laughs> well, all that big introduction would probably scare people away. So this is scaring me away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, biggest thing I'm up to, uh, James, is really uh, well, the whole jailbreak leadership piece. Same thing I was talking about last time we all got together here on Rise Up. And yeah. uh, for folks that aren't familiar, it's really about be bringing meaning to work. And how we do that is helping leaders really align to what they do best to what they do. And the whole idea of jail is too often, isn't that we can't be successful, but we might not have ended up exactly where we really were supposed to end up, where we really are on purpose, really using our skills and really having the impact we're looking for. So that's what jailbreak leadership's all about is helping leaders do that and then cascade that into organizations. So um, everybody they touch from employees, the vendors, the customers have that same experience. I mean, what a novel concept if we could, if we could operate and thrive in doing actions and tasks in our day-to-day -day job that speak to our gifts and our treasures, right? And, and really have us operate at a very high level, I would say. Um, where did you first come up with this? What was kind of the, the impetus of this? Started with me with like like call smoldering discontent. <laughs> smoldering discontent. Folks, write that down. Oh, my God, that is great. Smoldering discontent. Okay. This was a 20-year solution to that problem. I'm a slow learner. It took me a lot, very long time, James, to try and figure out how to make that shift from I'm out here working, moments that are great, but an awful lot of moments that just uh, feel like a grind. You know, you can kind of lose your passion for what you're doing. The meaning isn't really there. You don't feel like you're having that impact you want to have. You know, you know what's my legacy going to be when I'm all said and done with this thing? And so uh, that's kind of where I was at. I was being pretty successful financially, position-wise. And I'm like, oh man, there's, there's got to be more. <laughs> and that yeah. sent me off on a, on a task to try and figure out how, how I could do that. Because I'm, I'm a work-centric guy, and I just always had this belief that work should be amazing. And then when I looked around, that's not what I saw. I saw, I mean, statistically, Gallup speaks to, and they've been doing this for over 20 years, 70% of the workforce doesn't find meaning. Doesn't mean you don't show up and it's okay, but it's like, you know, it's just kind of trading time for money. So, yeah, so we're trying to deliver a solution on that that uh, turns that all around. I, you know, it, it sounds like common sense. But to your point, 70% of Americans aren't satisfied in what they're doing every day. That is, that's disheartening. I you think know? that's an atrocity. Yeah, 
I mean, my gosh, like I'm, I'm like looking around, you know, my office and I'm like, okay, so of the 25 people here, like five of them actually like the gig and 20 are just going through the motions and really upset. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think what you see sometimes is let's say five are loving their job. I mean, this yeah. is my thing. I found right. it. it uh, it's, it's my niche, the bolus of the population. You, you, you'll see it, right? I mean, you get a group of, group of people, the bolus is in, they're showing up, they're doing a job. It's okay. You know, this is what I do for work. So they're right. not excited about it. They're not giving you any extra effort. They're not really enjoying what they're doing, but you know, it's an agreement and we're okay with it. And of course there's that five at the bottom that, uh, cause you as a leader, lots of problems because they're the ones that are hating their job, being disruptive and uh, wanting er want everyone else to know it. So uh, that's the normal mix that we, we see. Pareto chart, <laughs> that's what it looks like. That's where people fall. Right. Jailbreak leadership. It sounds like you've got to really confront where you're currently at, you know, and what are you maybe pretending or concealing? Maybe you've got that smile on your face and you're pretending to be happy, but you're not. You know, what, what is that kind of, I don't know, admittance or authenticity look like in, in that process? Well, I'm, I'm going to say, James, I think that's what's really interesting about that. And it's really where the ideal of uh, the jailbreak comes from is yeah. that I think we all, all, all of us, me, you, everybody, even those guys that are highly successful and loving it, ended up in this what I'll call the jail of our minds. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that is we kind of get programmed down a path. If you think about it, when you're a kid, you know, your parents kind of push you in a certain direction, then you go off and you compete at school for grades. And then what are you going to do when you grow up? And it's like, you know, you know, I got an engineering degree because I think my parents said that would be a good thing to have. <laughs> I, that's probably not really, that's probably not really what I should have done in life. But, you know, for four years, I went off and went through a miserable period of learning to become an engineer, right? Because that was the path I was put on. And then you get out of the working space. Well, now I'm an engineer. Right? So I, got, I have to go kind of live that out. And then you get in corporate America, really the same thing happens. They go, well, eh, James, you seem like you're kind of good at this. Why don't you go do this? And once again, it doesn't mean you can't be successful. You know, you got some skills and some talents so you can go out and climb the ladder, make some money, honor really what the world says it's all about, which is the world's model of success. So the world tells us that if you go make some money and you get yourself a, a position of power, you can go buy a bunch of stuff and that's good enough. You will be happy. Yes, we need that. We want that. But that certainly is not the ultimate answer. After uh, usually around 40, 45 midlife crisis, we all hear about it. That's what the midlife crisis is. When you wake up, you look around, you go, wait a minute, <laughs> how did I get here? How did I become a realtor? How did I become a broker? Why am I an engineer? I, how did I sign up for this thing? So that's kind of the jail we get put in. So the challenge is what's behind the behind, right? And then we, who are we really at our core before we got programmed? It's a little analogy I like to give. It's sort of like the Michael Jordan story, Right. The guy is an athlete, most amazing basketball player probably ever. Turns out he's a pretty good baseball player. Both are sports, but they're both a little different. Well, you can see the difference between the one you really should be doing versus, yeah, you could be successful over here. So I think sometimes we get jobs, we can be pretty successful at it, but there's a whole nother level where we could truly go, to, you know, be more successful and at the same time really have meaning, impact, and the fulfillment we're looking for. Because we're really doing what we're designed to do. So we're doing what we do best. You're helping people, you know, discover and unpack what's fulfilling for them and exactly. what, what would light a fire and have them be passionate. You know, who, who are some of the groups you serve? Who, who are the folks that you're working with? What does that look like? Yeah, so my, my target market is I'm a work-centric guy. I'm trying to solve the work problem. Uh, the kind of work I do with people actually plays across all areas of life, but we look to bring it to life in, in the business world. 
So my focus is really with business leaders, everyone from kind of the solo entrepreneur to uh, uh, small business owners, um, working with folks to say, you know, how can we help you get great clarity about what you do so we can really cascade that into organizations, which uh, I really don't do the back end with the organizations, but uh, as we were talking earlier, I'm involved in an organization that does pick up the ball at that point. I think once the leader becomes clear about who they are and what they do, their purpose then can start to be applied to a higher purpose, the organization. And so I'm involved with an organization called uh, Conscious Capitalism. And uh, very excited about that because it's almost more of a holistic approach towards how do we make sure everyone in the organization is enjoying what they're doing, having meaning and impact and playing their best game. Conscious capitalism. So, I mean, is that assuming that, you know, capitalists haven't been conscious? They've been asleep? Oh, we haven't. <laughs> At some level, I mean, I've always, I'm a business guy, I'm a business guy. And at some level, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I'm a business guy. You know, we've, you, the, the, the model has been so much about the, the shareholder value. I mean, we're kind of a one trick pony. It's all about profit. You can't get enough profit and we grow and do whatever we do at the expense of profit. And so with the concept of conscious capitalism, there's really four core tenets to this. Uh, one is that your business has a higher purpose than just the product or service that it supplies. And so an example of you know, some you know, big time leaders, uh, Steve Jobs, right? Apple wasn't yeah. really the computer business. You know, they had a loftier purpose. Same thing with Elon Musk. You know, he's building electric cars and spaceships because he thinks we're going to implode ourselves here on Earth, right? So, <laughs> so the same thing is true. Uh, you know, the mantra for my business is making work meaningful. So that's how I tried to take my purpose to live in, in the work environment. So the second tenet really has to do with values, really identifying values that really mean something and they're actionable because that really helps define the culture of the business. And so it's not about the plaque on the wall, it's about really saying, no, this is how we wanna operate. We're gonna honor these values as we go down the path. The third piece is servant leadership, which is uh, what Rise Up's all about. So it's leaders that really believe in serving first. And the last piece really addresses that uh, shareholder versus stakeholder model. So instead of just honoring the shareholder and the people making money on the back end, it's really about saying, how do you engage with all the stakeholders? So your employees probably should be the number one stakeholder in your business, your customers, your key vendors, could be the UPS guy, right? I mean, all the people you're touching, how does your business interact with them in a win-win scenario? So those are the four tenets of conscious capitalism. I and mean, we have a, a big movement on a national level but also here locally, there's Conscious Capitalism San Diego, which I'm, I'm on the board and some exciting things are happening there. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot there. So, you know, as a business owner, you know, I, I would agree most, most business owners and entities want to drive profits. They want to maximize their margins for their shareholders, right? Unfortunately, you know, a lot of us is at, you know, at what cost to what end? And this thing of bringing... All right, these these four core tenets to it. Looking at what is what's the higher purpose that business can serve. Right? What are our what are our values? What are our beliefs? What's our ethos, if you will, is what I'm hearing. You know, servant leadership. Who are we serving? You know, from our employees, team members, to our partners, clients, and constituents, to the communities that you know we operate in. Right, and then I think I heard you say, you know, stakeholder versus shareholder. You know, stakeholder being employees, team members, clients. Wow. Okay. Okay. So there's, this is, I know my, 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 my brain is like, this sounds amazing. And this is, you know, pretty, 
pretty novel. I feel like as a business owner, I've kind of stumbled through this in my own sort of way. But are you saying so there's a kind of a national movement around this, and then you're on the board of a San Diego chapter or San Diego group? So, so this movement's been going on. I mean, these are new words to you, but I know you uh, being as a servant leader and, and how you lead your business, I would say you're a conscious leader. We would say you're an unconscious leader from the perspective, you're, you're not using those hey, words. You're an unconscious, conscious leader. Before <laughs> this, I was reviewing my, uh, my employees' family budget. So uh, maybe I'm doing something right. I, I think it's more like you're the unconscious, conscious leader. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're, you're doing the work already. You just haven't put a word to it. So that's the unconscious unconscious. So let, let me give you a great example. Um, I'm actually launching a, a pretty excited, a, a podcast for our local chapter called Conscious Curiosity, where I'm going to be interviewing these types of leaders, our local leaders to hear their backstory. Who are they? How do they get to where they're at? Why, why do they lead this way? What's the value? What have been the challenges? And just some of the fun stuff to, you know, to learn personally about some of these people that we look at and say, wow, look at that guy. But I just recently interviewed uh, Michael Hearth. And Michael is uh, one of the founders. He's the chief culture officer for Laz Parking. So we all see Laz Parking all over the place. They got like 15,000 employees uh, nationally, large organization. So when they, their whole thing is about raising their people up. Funny, interesting story. There's three partners. They were junior high school buddies and Michael's like 60. So these three guys are still together. So that, you know, they, they got that, right? And so they kind of led from their kind of their own mindset of, of that kind of bond that they had. So their whole thing is about raising people up. And so when COVID hit, first thing they did is they said, oh, man, this, this is going to be serious. So all those guys said, we're not going to take a, a, a salary for the next four months. You know, we'll, we'll take that off the plate. They put together a million dollar employee fund that people could tap into because, you know, they had to, you know, obviously everyone stopped driving cars. So they went through this litany of things that they did to try and take care of their employees and some great stories about how they pivoted through this period. And they had never lost money in all the years they've been operating except for this period but I think they, I think he told me in June, they were back and profitable again, even though they had gone through all this dramatic change. But it was based on everyone was aligned, everyone was pushing together to go make something happen. So, I mean, that's what happens when you have a bunch of employees that are together with the same purpose, the same goals, the same focus, and all about each other. So it's, it's a wonderful story. And that's, that's, that's kind of the classic conscious capitalism story you just keep hearing repeated and repeated about how people come together to do amazing things. I love that. I love that. How does um, how does this group, um, you know, the, the San Diego group? I'd love to hear some more about kind of that chapter and who participates. What does that look like? Yeah. So there's kind of like, kind of two things going on. Um, we're actually going for a, a bit of a regroup this year. Uh, yeah. Conscious Capital and Cells has been around about uh, seven, eight years. We were like one, actually one of the first chapters. Uh, I came on the board at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> That's when I started. Okay. Um, I would say the organization was having some challenges. I think uh, our message might have been a little confusing to the market. But towards the end of the year, uh, that's when Michael and a few other business owners, big business owners here in San Diego, who are involved at the national level said, man, we got to make our local chapter happen. We want to see San Diego be a different city based on the work the business is doing. So they came together, called in other business leaders. So one of the things we're doing is we have senior business leader forums, which really is just business leaders, companies, uh, company leaders coming together. Uh, we bring in other people to really talk about what they're doing. We're just sharing ideas of what conscious capital looks like. And, and so we can go, wow, I thought I was pretty good at this until I talked to James. I go, man, I never thought about doing that. So that's kind of the ethos is really just hearing what other people are doing. We have some larger events as well. 
uh, with the idea of bringing in the other stakeholders, uh, something for the employees and managers like that. So um, we're looking once a quarter to have an event. We're going to have a, uh, a big live event for the senior leaders in late October, which I'm very excited about. We're actually launching the podcast at that event. So uh, yeah, we're getting up, we're getting rolling, and uh, we are going to change the way San Diego looks. <laughs> That's our goal. I love that. And I want to speak Melissa. to you know, our, our leaders that are, that are listening to this. You know, a lot of folks in the Rise Up Network are, are, are leaders. They're in a management role, or they're a C-suite executive, or they're running a nonprofit, or, or they're a CEO, or, or they're a military officer. What are some things you can share, you know, someone first turning conscious capitalism, like, wow, sounds great. Like, how can I learn more about this? What are some actions that I can take in my personal life or my, my business and start to have an impact, start to make a difference? All right. So the uh, tagline for conscious capitalism, capital, yeah, easy for me to see, say, see, say, what, wow. <laughs> It's, it's raising humanity or elevating humanity in business. I mean, that's the goal. It's like, it's really- Elevating about how, humanity in business. I love that. Right. I, and you think about everything I described, the four tenets, it's really about moving your thoughts off of the idea. It's all about money to like, I have people and businesses are made up of people. And so how am I interfacing and dealing with people? So once again, I think a lot of people are unconscious, conscious capitalists, like we're describing. It's like, I'm already doing some things but how do I raise that up? Well, obviously you can go to the uh, local um, organization, meet people. One of the reasons I'm doing the podcast so, so you can kind of get the backstory and hear from these guys and then go to a meeting and actually meet the people I'm interviewing. If you go to the national uh, website, which is consciouscapitalism.org, uh, a ton of content, lots and lots of video of amazing leaders from around, around the country, right? And what they're doing from really large companies to smaller companies. So there's a lot of content, a lot of information out there. And there's other organizations. Um, there's uh, B Corps now, right? There's, that's kind of like a sister organization that says, again, follow these rules, do these things. You actually get a certification. You can make the claim, I'm a B Corp, which actually is just saying, I look at stakeholders and not just shareholders. That's, that's really the ethos of B Corp. So there's some other organizations all coming together to make it happen. In fact, even... Uh, must have been about a year and a half, two years ago, the uh, the big round table in Washington, which is made up of like 180 largest corporations, actually changed their charter to say, yes, we need to be paying attention to the stakeholders, not just shareholders. So there's a, there's a wave of this happening. And I also want to say, I think the next generations are saying, we're not going to do it the way these, like uh, the baby boomers did it. You know, if, my, if where I work isn't taking care of the planted, planet and people, not just profit, I don't want to work there. So that's driving it as well as the next generation of leaders. Yeah, you know, and it's, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, we've got kind of a pretty diverse group at Synergy of backgrounds and ages and stuff. And, you know, I know the young folks that I'm interviewing and some of our other younger team members, it is absolutely an important piece for them and coming to work here and work with us. What are we up to? Who are we supporting? You know, like my individual branch in San Diego supports the military. You know, we've aligned with a nonprofit that supports, you know, military families and financial crisis. But other people want to know, what are we doing for the environment? What are we doing for homeless? What are we doing for clean water? What are we doing for sex trafficking? What are we doing for, you know, immigration? And I think that that's really cool to have that level of consciousness for our young people and have that be a priority for them 
in selecting where they want to go work and where they want to go put their time and talents. And, and obviously, a companies can't go out and solve all the problems of the world, right? Oh. Which, which kind of leads to why you really need to figure out what's your higher purpose. So like, I think the first thing you said was so right on is we have a certain target market. We really want to go out and support the military families, get them the best deal, make sure they're, t- right? So yeah. if, I, if I'm an employee and I'm saying, I got a heart for the military, well, guess what? All of a sudden we got a great connection right at that level. And there yeah. might be some other things you're doing, some nonprofits you support. So that just all becomes part of the story, but it's not about like, you know, trying to, you know, I, I got, I touch everything that's wrong in the world, then all of a sudden that's not a real story because you can't have an impact. So it's really about getting honed in on that thing that you really, really believe that could be so much better. You know, if we just put our attention to that. So it can be tied to the customer. It could be how you run your business, right? You know, we run our business a certain way. People first, kind of like the guys at last. That's our big ethos is we're growing people. We park cars just so we can grow people, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that, that's what happens. Your higher purpose the other piece just becomes a platform. It's the tool for allowing you to do what you're trying to do. That is so good. And I agree, you can't, as a, as a business, you can't be all things to all costs, right? But what would what would the world look like if each business championed a cause and they focused efforts and resources to one cause that would make a difference, right? And not knocking us today, it's going to land. But we've all gotten the Facebook. It's my birthday, and you know, you give fifty bucks to this hospital, blah blah blah. Cool, right? That that's great. But how much are we just spraying money and resources all over the place versus having conversations like this, raising the awareness, and everyone was saying, "I'm going to focus on one thing, and I'm going to do my one thing well to the best of my ability, and make a difference in that." And the key is you pick that thing as a leader because that's what you have passion about, right? I mean, that's part of the role of the leader. That's part of the work of jailbreak leadership is to help the leaders kind of discover that so they can bring that into their organization. And then all their stakeholders will be drawn to that. There's lots of different lenders here in San Diego, right? So if I focus on that and I like that, I'll come work with you. But if someone else is doing something else and I'm more attached to that, great. We'll let them go that way, right? But really kind of what it's doing is help define that who, who do you want to work with? You know, who do you want to support? Who, you know, that, that's, that you really start to create this kind of network amongst the stakeholders that are all making that movement. So, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. There, there is a downside. Sometimes the marketing people get a hold of this and their higher purpose is, you know, it's a marketing campaign. And that disturbs me when I see that. that that's just wrong in my yeah, opinion. There's but, a delicate balance between... Yeah okay, authenticity and heart and in, in, in compassion and a marketing exec being like, oh, we could really, this is really good. Let's exploit this. It's like, you're missing the point. That almost has an opposite effect. In my opinion, when I'm a consumer and I see someone, it, it, it looks disingenuous when it's being marketed too hard and there's too much of an effort in that direction. Well, I share one more thing on these lines. I think where some confusion happens. And it runs into, I see a lot of times with nonprofits. It's like, oh, well, we know our purpose. You know, we're, we're serving the homeless, right? Okay, well, that's, you know, that's a great service that, that they're providing. And some people will be aligned to that service as they should. That's good. But I'm going to say there's a higher purpose because what about the accounting guy that never sees a homeless person ever? You know, he goes to the office and crunches the numbers every day, right? So what's the higher purpose you're calling that particular individual into? So there's like, sometimes, yes, there's the service. And the service itself can be its own story. But even then, there can be a higher story on top of that of what you're trying to get done. 
I love it. Where, where, where can folks go to learn more about this? They can connect with you, learn more about you, hire you if that's appropriate. You know, where, where do you want to direct folks? Well, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, best way is uh, jailbreakleadership.com. That's the website. You can go there, get a little more information and easy ways to uh, connect with me. And if you want to know more about Conscious Capitalists from that perspective, I'm more than happy to share. Like I say, I'm uh, part of the movement, but you also can go consciouscapitalism.org directly. That'll get you to the national website, has all, all that content that I was telling you about. And then uh, there's a San Diego page that you can go to and see what's happening here locally, what events we got going on and get engaged here because it's all about getting engaged. It's all about getting you engaged and raising that level of consciousness. So if yes, I you know, write that down, put that in your phone, jailbreakleadership.com. You know, Jeff is a personal friend of mine. He's a very genuine man and would be happy to have conversations with you, point you in the right direction and see what's a fit. And, you know, most importantly, start to think like this, not just about shareholders, but about stakeholders. And that goes for you, whether you're listening and you're, you're, you know, you're a team member or you're the boss, you're, you're a leader, right? But what's in it for others? How can you raise that level of consciousness to serve the greater good? And then make work meaningful. That's if you think about this, it all comes back to making work meaningful. Monday mornings, you jump out of bed. You can't wait to get to the office. If it's down the hallway, it's a Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all, all the way from your bedroom door to your garage. <laughs> 2021, that's how we do it. <laughs> hey, <hold on. laughs> uh, Jeff, well, thank you so much. You know, you are, like I said, it's, you know, it's a blessing and a privilege to call you a friend. You are a very generous man. You, you're obviously doing things that are making the planet and society better. And uh, I love what you said earlier, and I think it's a great way to, you know, kind of conclude is elevating humanity in business. And so my Rise Up Network, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to share this with a friend or buddy, like, comment, you know, continue to spread the word so we can raise the level of awareness. We can talk jailbreak leadership, conscious capitalism, in the Rise Up Network. God bless you.